Welcome back to another episode of The Scorer's Table. I'm William Robbins, joined, as always, by Julian McKee. What is good, everybody? It's a cold night with snow blowing across the roadway. I almost died earlier today, but you know what? I'm grateful for life and health as always. Will, I am ready. I am here to talk some basketball. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. We are here. I am ready. Yeah, we have an action-packed episode. This is going to be a good one. We have we have our first trade rumors of the year. We have all-star starter selections coming up next week. And, you know, we, we can't leave you guys hanging for too long. We got a new episode of the Rogier Report and the Kyrie Panic Meter to wrap this episode up. We got a lot of good stuff going on. You let's already know. Off with, let, yeah, let's start off with some of the, uh, some of the trade rumors and stuff. Uh-huh. So... So interestingly enough, the other day uh, came a report that the New Orleans Pelicans were making basically everyone other than Zion and Brandon Ingram available in trade talks. Now, that obviously includes Lonzo Ball. I'm going to save that for another episode. (laughs) Just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, man. Second pick (laughs) in the draft could have can be traded again. What's that? You, you, well, you should get your list of guys drafted after Lonzo. Um, you, can, you should get the, like, tattooed on your arm. <laughs> I know you said yeah, you're heads up, but you might have to make an exception. <laughs> guys, heads up. Coming in, uh, coming in the summer, Julian and I have a great series coming. where we're go- It's basically going to be like a, a redrafting series where we look through some of our favorite NBA drafts. And let me tell you, the 2017 NBA draft is my favorite draft of all time. <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get to that over the summer because there's a list of um I call them I call them the guys drafted after Lonzo Ball section. Uh-huh. It's amazing. Regardless, let's well, talk about was, Drew Holiday. Well, on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you for the the Celtics to draft Lamelo Ball with the Grizzlies pick to to pair with L- Romeo Langford on the main Red Claws? That's our show. Thank you for listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I would, I would, I would be very upset um, if I have to have a member of the Ball family on my favorite team. But hey, do you remember remember when Lonzo recorded that rap song after uh, after they traded him, and they're like, "Yo, LA's like that's gonna be the biggest mistake in LA's history," or just something stupid like that? I'm like, I'm pretty sure the biggest mistake is not trading him sooner. I think the biggest mistake was allowing Lonzo Ball studio time. <laughs> that, oh, was, that was what well, Lonzo Ball dis Nas. Lonzo Ball dis Nas. I was talking about, oh, Future's the greatest rapper. Like, oh, my God. Future's in my top five. Get the fuck out of here, Lonzo Ball. Go go check yourself. I'm sure LeVar Ball knows some good hip-hop. I think LeVar Ball has definitely listened to some, like, Dr. Dre, some Ice Cube, some classic West Coast. Some classic you know, you know that somewhere um, LeVar Ball has a, has a mixtape. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some of the guys in the Pelicans that could be up for grabs now that they are making everyone available. Let's do it. And so Drew Holiday is the big name, but I want to actually, and and Julian, has, you have no idea that I'm about to say this, I want to talk about J.J. Redick and Derek Favors too, because I think oh, that they're very interesting um, you know, guys that could become available now that they're making everyone available, and I think that they're going to have a lot of trade value. But let's obviously start off with Drew Holiday. All right. Drew Holiday this year, 20 points a game, seven assists, five rebounds. 
His three-point shooting is a little bit bit down from his career average this year. He's only shooting 34% from three, but he's shooting 47% from the field. He's one of the better defenders in the league. He's on a not terrible contract. He's yeah, he's only making uh he's only making 26 million this year, which for a guy that can be like a top 3 guy on a championship team isn't bad. Mhm. Julian, what do you think about Drew Holiday? Here's the thing. Drew Holiday is obviously a, a legitimate asset. Like you say he's got years left on a on a reasonable deal. And here's the thing. Right after I had some nice coffee this morning, I watched some of the Godfather 2. Um, because, you know, the Rewatchables got a great new podcast, Shout Out to the Ringer. You know, I, w- I was excited for that. You know, I was watching Fredo Corleone get shot on a boat, you know. Very enjoyable movie, obviously classic. Will, I know you haven't seen The Godfather of Two. The, the Godfather of Two, you always got to, you, you got to indulge. Anyway, um, I, I, I sat down after my nice cup of coffee and I opened a Bleacher Report to an article about Drew Holiday, the best trade packages in landing spots. Here's the thing. For the last, uh, ever since the first trade rumors about Drew Holiday came out, I've seen Miami Heat, Miami Heat, Miami Heat, Miami Heat. And, and looking at some of the fake trades Bleacher Report had, which I, I think we're, we're going to get to in a minute, Miami on paper is the best landing spot for him. But I don't know if this trade makes sense for both teams yet to, as far as what each team would give up. Here's the Miami mm-hmm. Heat Pelicans fake trade that Bleacher Report came up with. Miami Heat get Drew Holiday, Kendrick Williams. Pelicans get Justice Winslow, Goran Dragic, who's expiring. Derek Jones Jr., who's actually been pretty good this year, and a 2025 first-round pick, top 10 for Texas. Why would Miami – sorry, why would New Orleans take that? Why the fuck would the Pelicans take that? There's I no, think he's got three years left on his deal, right? Yeah, I think I think one of the one of the mistakes that people make in creating these fake trades is they think that like a player or if 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 there's a rumor that a player has to be traded, that means the team is like doing anything they can to trade them and will accept anything. Mm-hmm. New Orleans has absolutely no reason to trade Drew Holiday unless they can get like a Godfather offer. What Drew kind Holiday, of leverage? Drew what Holiday's kind of leverage twenty nine years old. Any, what uh, what kind of leverage does any other team have? Exactly, he's twenty nine. And Zion's under contract back. for the next two years as well. If Zion isn't coming back this year, fine, whatever. The year is a wash. Next year, you've got Drew, you've got Ingram, who's been really good this year, and and you've got Zion. That's three guys that are at least really fun to watch on a nightly basis, and you can see what you've got there. Trading Drew now just because you're six and twenty-one, and it, and, and and it's been an interesting season for the Pelicans. Kind of laughable because they've been getting all these national TV games, and yep. <laughs> this is not a team that should be getting national TV games. Like, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And all of them thinking Zion was going to be there. Yeah, and supposedly, um, Alvin Gentry might be feeling a little heat for his coaching job right now, which I feel. If Gentry gets fired, I'm definitely going to feel bad for him just because he didn't – He should. I think he should get a fair shot to just see what his offense looks like with Zion on the floor because I do think that there's a lot of um, there's, there's a lot of chemistry there. But, but back, to the, back to the Heat offer, if, the, if David Griffin accepted Winslow, Derrick Jones, and a pick essentially for Drew Holiday, he should be confined to an asylum. 
or or to a rehab facility ASAP. Like that's like that's ridiculous. Justice Winslow's good. Derek Jones promising, but 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 there's no point in trading Holiday for that type of a package unless the Miami Heat were to include a Tyler Hero or a Bam Adebayo. And there's no way in hell Pat, Pat Riley is trading Bam at this point. No, we're going to be talking about All-Stars later in this podcast. Bam has been fantastic this year. Yes. He's an All-Star, hands down for me. Oh, one of I my agree. top five favorite players to watch in this league right now. Bam is a baller. He's he's crazy. He's crazy. No, I, t- I, I totally agree. And But you mentioned the guy that I would... If I'm Miami, I'm not sure I'm doing this, but I'm holding a meeting. I'm 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 analyzing my team, and I'm not completely ruling out trading Harrow for Drew Holiday. And you have to decide if you're going to do this. Do you think, or would you rather prioritize now or later? Because in five years from now, Harrow is going to be better than Drew Holiday. Yes, that's a fact. Drew Holiday is 29 years old. He is in the prime of his career, and Harrow is, what, 20 or something? Mm-hmm. He's he's a young guy. He's got a lot of potential. But if I'm the Heat, I think I lean towards doing some kind of deal centered around those guys just because I think that right now the NBA is so wide open, and you have one of the deeper teams in the league— if you can, if you can, if you can have a backcourt of Drew Holiday and Jimmy Butler, you have one. You have have the best defensive backcourt in the league. You have a backcourt that can score. You have a backcourt that can both facilitate, play off of each other. I think they're both great fits with each other because Drew does not need the ball in his hands. Here's the thing with that, Will. I I agree that that would be a fantastic pairing and. You're obviously 100% right whether it's, you know, as far as the, the heat needing to choose between whether it's now or later. The thing, and one thing that you, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit, um, but I, I guess, uh, or, or, or whatnot, is, um, is Jimmy Butler's age. This is their window is now, like you said, their window is, I think his, his window for being the best player on a contender is right now. This year, next year, and maybe the year after. In five years, Harrow's going to be better than uh, Drew Holiday, but Jimmy Butler is probably not going to be on the Heat in five years. Yeah. Do you think that's, that, that, that's fair to say? Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. And, it, I mean, it's interesting looking down the, the Heat roster of assets. If I were the Pelicans, I wouldn't really want Kendrick Nunn. Like, Here's the thing. Kendrick Nunn is – this is probably an unpopular opinion and a hot take, but Kendrick Nunn has – and he's been good this year, but I don't know how good he's going to be. Like, I'm he's not ar- really... I mean, he's already, he's already 24 years old. Exactly. That's which is thing one with, thing. That's the thing with him and Duncan Robinson. Robinson's been really good this year. He's a sniper. He's a flat-out sniper. He's shooting over 40% from three. He's the what I thought is, R.J. Barrett was going to be. Or R.J. Hunter. R.J. Hunter. <laughs> yeah, dead ass. <laughs> dead ass, bro. Seriously. Um, the thing, and the thing with Robinson is that, obviously, he can shoot the lights out. But I don't think he's, he's not getting any better. He's not going to get any better. This is, I think, what he is right now. So, if I'm the Pelicans, I, I'm not really interested in either of those guys. I want Harrow. And, and, and the Heat have to, you know, choose between now or later. Um, and... 
my my one problem with choosing for now for the Heat is because I don't think that Jimmy, Drew, and Bam is good enough to win the East. I just don't think it is. I think that's a very good team, but I, I just don't I think, I think, I think that it's I, just I think that it's good enough to win in the East. I really do. I really um I really do because like I mean Jimmy Jimmy seems like just to me the stereotypical you look back in 20 years and he's like uh oh yeah he 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 grinded for that championship. He went he went crazy in that one playoff stretch, carried him and yeah, makes sense that he won. There's he's Jimmy's an interesting player because I don't I'm now and I'm not the biggest Jimmy Butler fan in the world. I think he's a great player, but I don't think I'm I, I am not sure how, who he best fits with, like in terms of personality wise. Well, well, because, let's 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 let out the elephant in the room right here. He's been in the center of two locker room disasters. Three and they three yes, and they may or may not have been his fault. It might have honestly in Minnesota. I'm leaning towards that it was Wiggins and Carl Towns' fault as far as personalities that didn't jive with him and also with Ben Simmons. Um, but, but, but that's the thing he's been in, he's been a questionable, I don't want to say questionable teammate because he's been so great in Miami, but he's either, there's obviously been questions about him. Yeah. And, but Jimmy absolutely is the kind of player that I could see just going absolute apeshit and winning a championship. And I think that it has to be with the right situation because the interesting thing about Jimmy is personality wise, he has to be the leader of the team. Yes. But talent wise, I'm not sure he can be. Hmm. Does that make sense? I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a great distinction. I think that's a perfect distinction. I think, I think you couldn't have put it any way, any better, any but, better. I, I don't think you could have. But, but yeah, I just, if I'm, if I'm the heat, I really, really think that Drew Holiday is one of those guys that does work with Jimmy. And uh-huh. in signing Jimmy, you kind of, for as good as for as good as the rest of your lineup is, and as good as someone like Harrow is, I think you have to prioritize the Jimmy era. And this has nothing to do with me being like, oh, Tyler Harrow like, isn't going to be very good. I think Tyler Harrow is going to be very good. Uh-huh. It's just a question of are do how much do you want to prioritize the Jimmy era, uh-huh. and I and I look at the East right now and I look at how the Milwaukee's got a ton of questions in their roster. The Celtics have a lot of questions. I don't know what's going on with the Sixers, uh-huh. and and you just you realize that the East is completely wide open, and a team like Miami might be the deepest it's just they, they're well coached they have they have a they have a star they have two all-stars i think but uh-huh. i think bam is absolutely an all-star you have someone that can guard the embeds of the world you have a, a a roster of guys like an endless circle of okay we're gonna throw james johnson at Giannis. now we're gonna throw justice winslow now we're gonna throw jimmy butler now you know uh-huh. They just have they just have all these guys where it's like we're just gonna throw out the, these guys, let them like you know what I mean. They just have those like tough built guys. I think they, they I think that it might be smart to prioritize winning now. Yeah, I, I can I, I don't I don't really have I, I don't have a grape with that. I mean it's 
I, I do think that they need to they do need to really look at the future. But if 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 the opportunity arises, if they if they especially if they could get someone else, if they could maybe get like a, a three t a, a three team thing going with um with getting Drew Holiday and maybe getting someone like Malik Beasley, who's also on the trading block for for kind of weird reasons in Denver right now. Not reasons I completely understand because they don't want to pay him in the offseason and because they want to give Michael Porter Jr., who, I mean, who's been better on offense lately, but uh, couldn't defend a coffee machine um, uh, more, more minutes. I mean, it's... it's 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 weird over there, but but if the Heat could get someone like Malik Beasley back, give up Harrow and get Drew Holiday, I mean, I'm all I'm all in on that. I just think that they do need one more piece. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's certainly some paths, and 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 again, and I've said this, but there there are a lot of roadmaps to that trade being a disaster with how good Harrow could be. Mm-hmm. But if they win now, then it doesn't matter. I agree with it. Jimmy Butler is like that that guy on like a on a TV show who's like a great second in command, but can't get his own spinoff show. He's like the George Costanza of the NBA. Well, I'm not <laughs> sure if you know Seinfeld, but like like no, like, George, like, like George tried to have his own spinoff show, but he wasn't. He, he he just couldn't pull it off because his compliment to Jerry Seinfeld was was too good. You know, he didn't have that. He didn't have the je ne sais quoi to pull off his own TV show. You know. Yep. It's like a, it's like Jeff and Curb. You know, they, I'm not trying to see a whole show about Jeff, but I mean, <laughs> but, but so, I, I, so, so another guy that, that could come off the Pelicans and I think is very interesting is JJ Redick and let's, and, and we'll touch on him and Derek favors really quickly here. So JJ Redick this year is earning $13 million this year, $13 million next year. Reasonable, reasonable money for one of the best shooters in the league. There are a lot of teams that I think could use him. The only problem is I'm not sure how these teams could get him. I think that I think that uh, he'd be a great fit, obviously, back in Philly. Yes. <laughs> uh, they could use him more than anyone else. I think that the Lakers should try to get him. I think that Denver should try to get him. Uh, just because you can never have too many shooters around a guy like Jokic. I think most. Milwaukee should definitely try to get him. Oh, they need him. They need they have him. A, they have a huge hole in that kind of department. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure who these who these teams would give up, and I, and I would have to look deeper into it. But Jimmy certainly, or sorry, not, sorry, JJ is certainly the kind of guy that a lot of teams should be targeting. He's shooting 46 percent from three point this year. Uh-huh. He's averaging 16 points a game. He's been great. Derek Favors, on the other hand, earning almost $18 million this year, expiring deal. You know what I say about expiring deals. It's an asset. Yes, James Jones. We're looking at you. (laughs) We're looking at you, James Jones. And Derek Favors this year has shown that he hasn't, that that he's certainly an impact player. He's averaging eight eight points, nine rebounds this year, only 20 minutes a game. He's the kind of guy that I could also see a team trying to make, kind of like the um, kind of like the Raptors trading for Marc Gasol last year. Now, obviously, Derek Favors isn't nearly as good, but he's just one more big guy that you can throw out there. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, an interesting thing about Redick is he's someone looking at the Utah Jazz. I think that they could really use. 
Mm-hmm. But like you said, I mean, I mean that team honestly just needs someone to score on the bench. I mean, they've got Catfish Jeff Green. Uh, Moutier yep. is getting a lot of minutes. Dante Exum, when he's healthy, is getting minutes. Like, Royce O'Neal. I have a story about Dante Exum for later. Don't you worry. Right. <laughs> There's just guys on that bench that, that just, like, I, I don't really want out there and can't score that well. Um, So... I think I I think he's a good fit in Utah, but I I have absolutely no idea who they're trading. I mean, Mike Conley, another injury the other night, has just not looked good. He's just looked slow. He's looked old, like we've said on this podcast previously. And I, I don't know who they're passing that contract off to. I, yeah, I don't know how that team really gets better. And that's that's the thing with that's the thing I with think, Redding think, is that well, I think and, that, and, that actually for, if you're Utah. You have to kind of ride this Conley thing out and hope he gets better. Yeah, there's not like, really like, another. Like they're they're in too deep to jump ship, if that makes sense. Oh no no no, that's a hundred percent true. That's a hundred percent true. Also, there's like not there's not really another point guard they can just kind of go out and get. Like like yeah. Jeff Teague, welcome to Utah. Like <laughs> there's, there's not just a <laughs> yeah, litany. They, of they don't have anything to trade for Drew Holiday, but you know. It, Exactly. It's it's a weird situation, and that's kind of what you know we were talking about with Redick. As far as he's a nice fit in Milwaukee, but like, like what are you getting back if you're the Pelicans? The Pelicans once again have all the leverage. They don't have to trade Redick. They can just ride him out exactly and, and, and see what happens when Zion comes back next year. Like are, again, are the Pelicans like Dante Givincenzo. Yeah. We well, the thing is, with Zion, Redick, like 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 that, Redick's that, that's only going firing. To- Exactly. Reddick's only going to become more valuable the longer they hang on to him. Phenomenal three-point shooters on expiring deals. Is that a pot of gold? Like, like for as valuable as he is right now, he just is more valuable next year. So there really is no rush to trade him. Exactly, man. David, but you know, you know, with the wrapping up with the Pelicans, David Griffin's a good GM. You know, I think he's. Oh, gonna, I, I think he's going to figure it out. I, I have faith in him. I've I've wavered in my faith in David Griffin before, but you know, I think that he deserves the benefit of the doubt with this Pelicans team right now. Yep. All right, let's talk Minnesota. I'm so, <laughs> sorry, I did not mean Minnesota. I was I like, whoa, I, I was thinking of Kevin Love. Wow, what just oh, yeah. happened? What year am I in? Anyway, what, let's talk. What, Cleveland with Kevin Love, <laughs> who's averaging the least amount of points he has since Minnesota. Honestly, I don't know where I was going with that Minnesota thing. Seriously, what year am I in? Anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, everyone on the podcast is like, no, no, I wanted to hear three minutes on Josh Akogi. Phenomenal athlete, great defender, needs to become a better shooter. There, there's your three seconds on Josh Okogie. Now, Kevin Love, making a lot of money. When I say a lot of money, I mean a lot of money. A this lot year, of money. <laughs> this year, $29 million. Next Ooh. year, $31 million. It's Ooh. like, okay, that doesn't sound so bad. I'm not done. The year after that, $31 million. The year after that, $29 million. Oh. Now, I want to give a quick shout out to Channing Fry, who went on ESPN today and said that Danny Ainge of my beloved Boston Celtics would be, quote, stupid not to trade Gordon Hayward, a young player 
and and several first round picks to get Kevin Love. Well, let me say this. Let me say, uh, with all due respect to Channing Fry, will ESPN would be stupid to let Channing Fry display his basketball opinions again on the program. <laughs> I'm sorry, Channing Fry. I got the utmost respect for you, but what are you talking about? What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. Every time, every about? time, every time I see one of these things where it's like Celtics interested in Stephen Adams, Celtics interested in Clint Capella, Celtics interested in uh, um, Kevin Love. My question just immediately becomes, who are you trading? Because you have three options. You have Tatum, you have Smart, and you have Hayward. You can't sign Kemba because you just signed him. You can't you can't sorry, you can't trade Kemba because you just signed him. You can't trade Jalen because the way his contract is structured now, where he's earning so little this year and so much next year with the extension, he becomes impossible to trade. Uh-huh. So that leaves you with those three guys. Who what are you going to do? Package Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart to reach the amount of money that, that Kevin Love is making? Or are you just going to trade like Gordon Hayward, who might be better than Kevin Love anyway? And well, I an think ex- he's and, better than Kevin Love. I'm and, sorry. I think he is. And who's an expiring contract? Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's irritating. But let's talk about Kevin Love and where he fits. Yeah, I think it's insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you where he also also let's just get past the money part of the Celtics. How on earth does he fit into that team? You know what the Celtics need? Interior defense and inside scoring. How about Kevin Love and Cantor down low? That's I uh, yeah, Kevin Love and Cantor <laughs> down low with Kem- <laughs> with with Kemba Walker and Carson Edwards on the uh just sign me up for that. I don't know why I said Carson Edwards. I love Carson Edwards, but the but I'm just trying to pick four defenders. Yeah. Anyway, no, that it's 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 a bizarre fit. It doesn't make sense. Well, you touched on something earlier this week about um, Nerlens Noel. He's from Boston. Yes. He's getting paid like two million dollars a year. Go for Nerlens Noel. He actually yeah. like makes sense. Yeah, I I haven't seen for some reason for some reason I haven't seen any Celtics Nerlens Noel like posts or tweets or rumors. Which to me, it feels like an absolute no-brainer. Like, yeah, like you just said, he's from he's from Boston area. He, we know there's been interest between the two teams in the past. And if you're the Thunder and the Celtics are like, hey, how does uh, how does I don't know, uh, Romeo Langford for Nerlens Noel in a second round pick sound? Like, I don't know. Like, like, why, like, why wouldn't they say yes to that? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Sam Presti does the Millie walk to that. Why not? 100%. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see why not. Yeah, it, but, it, it, but it actually makes sense. It's a logical deal. Now, where, now, where does Kevin Love fit, though? Because that is an, that's an interesting question. Some, team, some teams that come to mind quickly are obviously Portland. They have a huge need at power forward. Uh-huh. And despite... I, and yeah. Here's the thing, though, with Portland, because everybody's talking about that is, oh, this is the perfect team for Kevin Love. He's from Oregon, the, the yada, yada, yada. The thing is, I don't really see the point in Kevin Love for them right now because Carmelo's playing well. Carmelo, I don't know how sustainable it is. I hope it is sustainable. Um, he's not shooting many threes, but he, he's making them at a decent rate. He's been good on offense. But here's the thing. 
Carmelo's been a train wreck on defense. Like Carmelo yep. is, he's like that. He's he's an he's a defensive apocalypse compared with uh, empty stat king uh, Hassan Whiteside. Yep. Um. Who who acts like it's a it's a it's it's gonna kill him to play like team defense. God forbid. But I mean, <laughs> to be fair, yeah, it might actually, kill him. To be fair, it might kill him because <laughs> if he plays defense, he'll have less energy for offense. And that's how he gets his 2K rating up. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I feel like Neil Oshi is somewhere starting to... He's starting to buy the real estate for buying uh, buying an airport for Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> well, especially, especially with Nurkic coming back in February. Because Nurkic is legitimately a very good basketball player. And he... Nurkic is a, is a, is a pretty good defensive center, too. Uh, if you remember correctly, Nurkic just randomly had like a five by five game last year, mm-hmm. which was the, one of the most random five by five games of all time. Oh, he can play. He can play. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So off that, Zach Collins is back in like a month or two. So yep. I'm I'm sure Olshi will be driving uh, Hassan Whiteside to his personal airport. Yeah. But anyway, but the, um, but the reason, with, yeah, I, I think I do think Kevin Love, though, is an interesting fit there because it's about more than just next year. Kevin Love has proven this year that he's still a good basketball player. He uh-huh. now I think Kevin Love's been phoning in a little bit this year. Um, I mean, he's playing with Jordan Clarkson. It's not <laughs> and, and I don't blame him for phoning it in. I mean, Kevin Love's only this year. Kevin Love's only averaging like 16 and 11, which are way down from his career averages. Uh, or, or averages of what we what we could expect from him, but I just I look at I look at him and I look at the things he does well, and I think that he would just slide right into Portland, especially because Portland isn't a team that is trying to build a defensive identity to be identity to begin with. That is true. That team is not stopping anybody. And one thing that. You know, I, I forgot to touch on that. You know, I think you might have alluded to a little bit is that this is Portland's team. Like, Portland, for better or worse, has locked themselves into Damon CJ is our backcourt. These are our two guys. Yes, yeah, and, I, and I love to that I think, I think it can work. And I, I don't know about Lillard and, and CJ, but I think that if they're all in with those two guys – by that logic, it wouldn't make sense for them to go in all in with a guy like Kevin Love, too. Like, that contract's going to be bad in, like, two years. Okay, but so is Damian Lillard's. Like, let's not, let's, yeah. let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Why not just say, screw it, and go all in with those three guys? Especially when you have Whiteside expiring. You can just send him to the, the wasteland that is the Cavaliers right now. You know they they don't care. He'll be gone in a minute. He'll he'll be gone in a few months. Um, so, so something like that makes sense for Love, but I don't do you know, know. Do you know where a place I, that I could see Kevin Love? Where? Phoenix. Interesting. Now Phoenix, their their starting power forward is is Dario Saric, who's pretty good, but whatever. Um, they they have cap space. They could do some kind of trade like uh, like maybe Tyler Johnson, who's earning almost $20 million, and then Dario Saric and maybe like a protected first-round pick or something. 
They got to throw in, like, Michael Bridges, too. Fine, then throw him in, too. But remember, James Jones played with Kevin Love. That's a donor. <laughs> True. But they, but they, but they played that. together. They played together. And 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 James Jones is, is getting towards that hot seat level. Is he? Um, I, I would hope so. I don't think so. I think that James Jones's job is secure right now. I think it's, I, I think his job is very secure right now. But I think I think that he would I think that he would be good. Uh, he'd be a good fit alongside Devin Booker. And Phoenix is one of those teams where it's like, who are they signing? You have to trade for your talent. Uh-huh. And if Kevin Love was a free agent and said, "I'll sign here for a three-year, ninety million dollar deal," they'd probably say yes, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not opposed to that. One other guy, one of the team that I think has a move to, uh, that definitely has a move to make, and they do have a few contracts, none of which are expiring because they screwed up their off season. But <laughs> I mean, Sacramento is, I, I think that Love would fit in well there. I mean, they've got the elites are there right now, who's, who, who's good in his role, but. I think Love could add an entire new, um, new kind of skill set to that position. As far as if you could get, if you could have a lineup where it's Fox, Heald, Love, and Bagley out there at the same time, you figure out your small forward. Whether it's whether you keep Bogdanovich or or whoever. I mean, that's that's a, that's a deal to think about because, and, and I guess the biggest problem with that is who are the Kings? giving back that the Cavs want. I mean, Harrison, was, yeah, Harrison Barnes, like, like, like is Kobe Altman, like, like, <laughs> like about to lose his mind over Harrison Barnes and like, no. like a pick? Like, no, he's not. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't really know what they would give back. That's the problem with that trade. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, Kevin, Kevin loves another guy that's available. And I think that he there, there's definitely going to be some interest in him. Okay. All right. Let's get on to our next topic. All-star voting begins Christmas Day, which is next week. And next week, right? Yeah, next week. I had to, had to check my calendar there for a second. Um, and people will be able to vote on the starters. I put together a list of who I think should be a starter. Julian has not heard my list. He is going to hear my list, and he's going to offer his input about who he thinks should be added, who he thinks should be taken away, or if he wouldn't change anything at all. This is then going to go in about 30 different directions. (laughs) But I'm going to start it off by immediately going off topic by reading this article from Bleacher Report from 2014 (laughs) called Predicting the 2019 NBA All-Star Teams. Oh, Jesus. At point guard, starting point guard for the Eastern Conference, Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> yeah. This is what it says. If he can bump the assist rate up to seven per game, Michael Carter Williams will become just the second rookie in league history to average 17, 5, and 7. The only other guy, Magic Johnson. When you put those numbers in front of your first year, the future is certainly bright. The money is on Michael Carter-Williams getting the starting nod in 2019, and he's definitely the star of the Philadelphia 76ers 
with their full of with their team full of exciting talent at Ooh. shooting guard for the Eastern <laughs> Conference. Andrew Wiggins. Oh my god. By the way, I just want to say real quick Steve Clifford, man. Steve Clifford. Great defensive <laughs> coach for the Orlando Magic. He's good at defense. My dad could coach the Orlando Magic offense better. Like I don't know what the I don't know what the hell was happening with the Orlando Magic offense. Michael Carter Williams, he took seven three pointers in a game this year. Seven. Are you sure it wasn't for the entire season? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he bro, he was. Michael, he's Steve Clifford is letting Michael Carter Williams shoot like jump shots. Like, what, <laughs> what's happening? Markel Fultz is on this clarification team. There. Jonathan Isaac is on this team. Steve Clifford, are you high? What is happening? Fire! Oh, we Steve are Clifford. we I'm are sorry. big. We are big Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac fans here. Oh, this is this is the Markel Fultz stand report. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> you know you know the vibes. Don't get it twisted. All right, so Julian, I need to read you this 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 two sentences uh, right here about Andrew Wiggins from Bleacher Report. Oh boy. Okay. His game is perfectly suited for the NBA. And if he's used as a shooting guard, he'll be an absolute nightmare to defend. Assuming the fans and uh, voting are still around in 2019, Wiggins will have the entire population of Canada in his corner as well. <laughs> Starting small forward for the East, LeBron James. Okay. He's not. He's no longer in the East, but I'll, I'll give it a pass. Okay. Paul George as the other one. Again, no longer in the East. I'll give it a pass. I'll give it a pass. At center. Andre Drummond, where it says he has the potential to be an absolute force on the defensive end, and as long as he continues to work on his post work, he could very well be putting up Shaq-like numbers in 2019. I mean, the thing is, he ha- he's put up some Shaq-like games in 2019. I'll give him that. I Andre mean, Drummond this year is averaging 18 and 17. Andre Drummond's really good, and I'm really excited to see what happens to him this offseason, and hopefully he gets put on a competent franchise that like understands yeah. team building concepts. So like yep. that would be great. Like I'm excited for that. Hopefully Andre gets out of Detroit because that team yep. is that that team played Markeith Morris at point guard for one uh one yep. minute this season. So um and and it <laughs> is playing like spawn maker at small forward at times. So yep. I mean hopefully hopefully uh Drummond gets the hell out of that situation. But I'm I'm not mad at that pick by by Bleacher Report at all. Nope, Drummond's nope. damn good. All right, the next one. Uh, th- these are these are their top four bench guys: Giannis, Kyrie, John Wall, and Nerlens Noel. I, I don't. Mean, I don't hate any of the thoughts there. If John Wall stayed too healthy, was very and high like, on Nerlens Noel. Me too. I mean, and and honestly, you know, if if John Wall had had stayed stayed away from Kentucky Fried Chicken and not got it injured. <laughs> he, he, there, there's a decent possibility he would be an all-star on this team. Yep. There's nothing else to say there. Now, out of the out of those out of those uh, Eastern Conference guys, only one of them is actually going to be an Eastern Conference all-star this year. Giannis, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So just that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, Western Conference, we got Lillard, Lance Stevenson. Yes. <laughs> yeah, New York City, Brooklyn, Coney Island, number one, Lance Stevenson, currently killing the game in China. 
Now, this is, this is one boy. of the predictions. My favorite NBA player prediction of all Lance time. Stevenson. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Bleach This is one that says about Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson is going to get a max contract. The question is, where is that coming from? My prediction, the Lakers are going to love a player like him who can put on a show. <laughs> Small forward, Kevin Durant. <laughs> uh, another forward, Anthony Davis. Okay. Center, DeMarcus Cousins. And then Kevin Love, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry. These all look good. And then Don Taxum. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Dante Exum. What the, the hell? Oh, man. What kind of weird things is this guy thinking about? Like, I don't even yeah. know. Anyway, that was that article. Let's get into my list for this year. I just, yes. I just, I Googled. I Googled NBA All-Star 2019, and for some reason that one was like one of the first that came up, and I was like, I need to, I need to read this. Man, these well, are these are my starters. Let's start off with the West. Sounds good. Harden, Luca, LeBron, AD, Kawhi. I I I I don't have an argument with that. Some, I, yeah, I, some, I, I don't want some, the I don't want the section to be boring, but. I, I have no argument with that. I don't understand how there's really even a debate about the West at this point. Yep, That's perfect. So, That's perfect. So some we'll guys some guys that aren't included in there are Carl Anthony Towns, who's having a great year. Um, we're also not including uh, Lillard, who's having an okay year. Uh, not including Paul George, who's having a great year. I just don't sit. I wouldn't put him over any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I mean, I, that one's super boring. Well, I don't think there's anything to debate there either. There really isn't. I mean, I, I mean, Curry, 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 obviously has been out all year. Uh, Durant is out of the West. The West Coast is the West Coast's bench is is going to be kind of a shit show. I mean, I think Devin Booker is going to get an All Star nod for better or Oof. worse. Um, I think Buddy Heald might get one. Oof. Uh, I, I I think he is. I think he is. This is um. What's and... playing at the Celtics every night? <laughs> is there is there is there a chance Andrew Wiggins might actually be an All Star this year? He's averaging 15, 15, 5, and four. There's a chance. I don't think it should happen. But God, there, I hope is there, not. Is there a chance? Yes. I mean, Jokic could be. I, I think there's a chance Jokic makes the All Star team. Jokic should make the all-star team. Yeah, provided he, like, stays away from Panda Express for an entire weekend. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I think he probably makes it. Uh, you can make a case for Drew Holiday. I mean, it's I, I don't know. The West... The West... That's another episode, picking the it, rest it of It really list. is. <laughs> all right, so these are my East... This is my East starters. Three right. of them were super easy, and the last two... I really had trouble with mm-hmm. Giannis Siakam Embiid. I don't have a problem with that. The thing with Embiid is that I don't, I, I don't like the fact that he's an all-star starter because I don't want to say he doesn't deserve it, but Embiid should Embiid be better not, this season than yeah. he is. He's been a disappointment. And yes. we were talking about before this podcast that Embiid's season kind of reminds me of Tracy McGrady's career where Tracy McGrady was a great player. He had a great career, but when you compare him to the potential that he had, it's like, eh. Same thing with Vince Carter. Vince Carter, oldest player in the NBA. He's had a yep. great career, obviously. But Vince Carter could have and should have been better than he actually was. 
Yeah. And and that's and that's the way it is with MB's season. I mean, he's had some he's he's looked disinterested at times. He's looked out of shape at times. Yeah. And, and you know, has has been on the receiving end of of a lot of big losses for this just weird and bizarre Sixers team that we'll discuss on another episode. Um Yeah, some yeah, some some quick Embiid things here. uh He's every single major statistical category for him is down and his fouls are up. He's averaging less points, less blocks, less assists, less rebounds, less uh whatever else I just forgot to name. Lower shooting percentage. Yeah, I think I just named everything. But his foul his his fouls are up. And Embiid, I thought he was going to have a way better year. I thought that he was going to be... I don't remember if I picked him for Defensive Player of the Year or I mentioned him. But I thought that he was going to have a dominant year. He's been disappointing. But that being said, he's been by far the best center in the East. Some I, some some honorable mentions for that starting center spot. Uh, Sabonis. Bam Adebayo. Uh, Andre Drummond. But once you start saying the names, you realize Embiid is the guy. I agree. I think all the, I think those three guys are also should make the team. I think that Drummond should make it because, like you said, his he's he's putting up preposterous rebounding numbers this year. Bam has been spectacular this year. He deserves it. And Sabonis isn't even a center. He more fits like a. This would be more like having three centers on the team and. Sabonis fits more as like a power forward and Sabonis is I, I think he's deserving of a nod too I mean that's someone who's though he's got good stats they don't like jump off the screen particularly but you got to watch the Pacers games to see how Sabonis can just absolutely wreak havoc and I mean I've been uh I, I've been on the receiving end of two Sabonis thrashings <laughs> by the Nets one one of which thrashing one of one of the thrashings was so bad that I texted Will in capital letters during uh, halftime, where I instructed Kenny Atkinson to defecate on his team. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> like this, this is an actual occurrence. Um, and I think he, I think he should have. I hopefully he did because I mean that honestly turned the net season completely around. I think. I mean that that was one of the worst losses I've ever seen a team. Like, I've never seen something like that transpire. Like, what the fuck was happening? But a lot of it was because Sabonis was just so damn good. Anyway, um, away from away from defecation. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Uh, this, this, yes. So Other two so spots this, will. Hit me with it. <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of trouble picking the two guards in the East. I considered Bradley Beal. He's, I mean, Bradley Beal is averaging 28 points a game. He's been great. I think that he's definitely an all-star. Um, that being said, his his team is is eight and seventeen. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of trouble justifying him as an all-star. If that makes sense. Oh, um, I considered. I considered based on stats. I considered Trey Young. Okay. He's been he's been, he's been fantastic statistically. We'll have another Trey Young specific episode coming in the future. When well, you we know get who else has been reserves. You know whoever who who else has been fantastic statistically? Zach Levine. <laughs> Guess who's also Zach not Levine, an all star? Zach Levine. <laughs> now the thing, with, the thing with Bradley Beal is that I agree with the record and whatnot, but 
it's almost kind of like beggars can't be choosers for one of the guard spots. I mean, I would rather Beal, and I, I, the Sixers have a better record than the Wizards, but I would rather start Beal than Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, these are the two guys I went with as the starting backcourt. Uh-huh. Kemba Walker and Jimmy Butler. I agree with those. I think, you know, Kemba had a weird, Kemba had a weird okay. start to the season, but... He he he's been he's been just you know an absolute light for this uh, for the Celtics team and like we talked about Jimmy earlier I think Jimmy is a hundred percent deserving of this of this All Star not in the starting lineup and I mean that's the thing about the Celtics because I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are also deserving All Stars I think those that's guys great. should be the team too Kemba should I don't know if he's gonna get the starting spot well but... Kemba was a starter last year. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's and only going to get more votes now that he's in Boston as opposed to Charlotte. That is true. That is that is a hundred percent true. I mean, someone who I think has to be considered for an All Star reserve is actually speaking of Charlotte, Devontae Graham. I think oh, that I he agree. To, that that he has to be considered, and I think Spencer Dinwiddie on my Brooklyn Nets. Dinwiddie, I have him. I have him as an All Star reserve reserve for sure. I think he he kind of fits into that D'Angelo Russell spot. Yeah. You no, know, I, I he's he's had a. He's despite his efficiency. Because I mean, yeah, obviously, because obviously, Kyrie will not be making the All Star game. He's missed way too many games, so that kind of opens up another guard spot in the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's like it's like when Levert uh, went down last year. He was going to be a. I think he was going to be an All Star. D'Lo took his place. Same thing this year. You know. Yeah. By the way, you know my man Levert's coming back. Hopefully, in a week or two. Extremely excited very, about that. Hopefully Kyrie gets back too. Very oh, interesting man. alternate history where what happens if Levert doesn't get hurt last year, remains as the Nets' best player? What happens to D'Lo? I have no idea. I have no idea. But the funny thing is is that if Levert I – think, I think what might actually happen to D'Lo because he, his season turned around when the offense became more centered around him. I think Dilo might have not even had the the breakout season that he did last year. I don't and think he I, would have. I, I would have because been shocked if Dinwiddie had taken over the starting spot. Well, if you remember, if you remember, before Levert went down, uh, we love to talk about this game that we went to, the Detroit oh, yes. versus uh, Brooklyn game last year. Yes, sir. And Dinwiddie was te- or sorry, not sorry, not Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie was great, and Russell was awful. Dilo was he was unplayable, and. And he was he was bad to the point where we were talking about it, and we were like, "Are we sure that D'Lo is can be a guy?" I was ready to uh, pay for an Uber pool uh, with D'Angelo <laughs> to to Penn Station. Yeah, and I, won't, and, and I won't go near Penn Station with a ten foot pole. I was happy to I was happy to go to I would I would accompany D'Lo to a train in Penn Station to get him out of there after that terrible game. But so, you know what? He was, so I just pulled up I just he, pulled up the box score from that game. So I just mm-hmm. pulled up the box score from that game. D'Angelo Russell, three for fifteen. Spencer Dinwiddie, eight for fifteen. And if I remember correctly, Spencer Dinwiddie also hit the game winner, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. So it, I mean and yeah, and in that game, who led who led the Nets in shot attempts? Karis Levert. Mm-hmm. This at the beginning of the season, this was Karis's team, and it's it's a very interesting alternate history. Like what kind of happens with that? Mm-hmm. 
and it's 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 kind of it's almost kind of leading into uh, our Kyrie panic meter section uh, <laughs> very soon. But um, uh, but but yeah, I completely agree. And the, the funny thing about Dinwiddie is that he's honestly he's become one of the most clutch players in the league. I don't want to sound like too much of a net stand, but when you look oh, at great. Dinwiddie's track record of game winning shots, especially against the Pistons, I think he's had like three or four. Um, but but that guy when the when the lights are on he comes to play he comes to play so um For sure. For sure. so and it's been interesting watching a lot of ESPN guys talk about oh should the Nets start D'Lo I mean uh, with should we, should the Nets start Dinwiddie with Kyrie well, and with Lafleur at the same time I, I think that's stupid. I think that that's is, really stupid what, I mean what are you gonna do play Trailblazers defense <laughs> exactly personally. I saw a lot of lineups um, earlier in the season with Dinwiddie and Kyrie at the end of games, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the Nets blew multiple games early in the season. Yeah, One that, of them was that, to, it just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I don't. Who the fuck are they defending? They're not. They, yeah. like, what, what the hell is this? Which is why I still think it's so wild that they cut Amon Shumpert. Yeah, yes, I, I think that's still fucking ridiculous. Even though Wilson Chandler's actually been pretty good the last two games, and Timothy Luwawu Kaboro is like has been played has played pretty decently, but I still I'm I gonna still be a hundred percent honest. I had no idea Cabarro was on the Nets. Oh, I knew he was on the D League team. I knew that he was like a two way guy. I think, but Wait, like so I, I was surprised okay. that he was that when he was playing yeah. too. Hey, if if the, if the Nets can can um can reinvigorate Timothy Luwawu's career, I mean, after they did it with. D'Lo, Joe Harris, and Jim Woody. I mean, shit, you know? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Great developmental staff. Now, yeah, but but back to the East really quick. You could talk me out of out of Kemba and Jimmy as starters. I think they're both definitely all-stars, but you could you could talk me out of them as starters. They're more just kind of placeholders until we can really figure out who it is. But Yeah, I, I agree. But as you alluded to earlier, do we want to go Terry Rozier first or Kyrie first? I think we got to do Kyrie panic meter first. Your, All right, your favorite let's, section. Let's 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 do the Kyrie panic meter. Where? Oh, yeah, so actually, sorry, sorry. It, this is your intro. This is your yeah, intro. Let me let me break it down to the people real quick. For those who are new to the podcast or need their memory refreshed, with Will being a Celtics fan that was scorned and spurned by the wrath and bullshit of Kyrie, and me as a Brooklyn fan who now has him on my team. Every week, we grade panic or happiness with Kyrie on my team on a scale of 1 to 10. So, without further ado, drumroll please, this week, I am going at a 6.8 with Kyrie. I'm That's going fair. at a 6.8. I would it's, it's, the, the panic meter hasn't really um, moved up or down uh, to, for, from recent memory because actually... We never were able to, I don't believe on this podcast, discuss Kyrie's bizarre Instagram post from a few weeks ago. Oh my he god, was, we never discussed that. We never did, where he was booed oh, by that, a Celtics fan. And, please, tell me, and just, please tell me you were at like an 11 right there. I was not at a, I, I was not at an 11 right there, Will. I think I might have gone up 0. 0.5. I might have gone up 0. 0.5, but that 0. 0.5 was soon taken down. Because here's the thing. I knew Kyrie was... Just a, a weirdo guy with who I mean the guy thinks the earth is flat for Christ's sakes I mean <laughs> I mean I mean I mean what are we doing here I knew Kyrie was weird and like kind of a dick and kind of a 
and just and just complete wimp. Um, I so so that part did not surprise me. Um, so yeah, yeah, it did. It did not surprise me. So I didn't really. I only went a point five, but that point five was taken down when my man Common went on Instagram and said Kyrie is actually a good guy. He's a kind-hearted guy. Um, so hey, when when my man Common co-signs you, um, if if, if Common co-signed Jeff Sessions, I wouldn't be like. Yeah, Jeff Sessions, but I I I think I think for a second, okay, Jeff Jeff Sessions, no, Jeff Sessions. Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> no, you've that's, lost okay. me. You've lost that's me. Not, now, do you not know who Common is? Yes, of course I know who Common is, but do you know who you Jeff know who Sessions who, is? Yes, I know who Jeff Sessions is, but I'm just I'm just saying that uh, the, the power of the Common cosine trumps uh, racist lunatics a tiny bit. It speaking it, not, of not uh, spe- it, speaking it, of um. I'm just saying how much I believe in common politics. So as we're recording this, uh, Trump was just um, officially impeached, and <laughs> I was on I was on Twitter, and the very second tweet I saw after that happened was someone wrote, "Great, now impeach Jim uh, Jim Boylan." <laughs> that was the very second thing I saw, and I thought it was hysterical. That's incredible. That's incredible. Hey, man, fuck Donald Trump. That's that's fantastic to hear. That's fantastic Jim to hear. <laughs> I don't think Trump's going to get knocked out of office by the Senate. I think he's going to remain the president, unfortunately. But, hey, that, that's that's one domino to fall. That's one domino to fall. I'll take any, I'll take any small victory I can get. Shit. Now, now back, back to Ky- – speaking of being of weirdos, back to Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> we um, got off topic there. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie. Nets have been significantly better with Kyrie not on the court. Okay, well, we don't know that yet. We we know that a little bit, but Kyrie was getting acclimated to the Nets when he got injured. That he was so they still were, in the acclimation they were, process. So they were five and six when Kyrie got injured. And since then they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and that's a that's a five. They are, and they are they are eleven and five. Yes, but that's a that's an original five and six where the Nets blew multiple games and lost one or two games because of bad luck. What about the twenty six point loss to Phoenix? That was that was terrible. I didn't. That wasn't in the. Uh, that wasn't in the. <laughs> I want to well, go. Phoenix loss was not in the in the blue game. games part. That was in the that was in the other section of shit show. Aaron um, Baines. Aaron Baines in that game. Oh, 14 and seven. Yeah, we're, okay. we're we're not talking about that game. Um. <laughs> anyway, so okay, so fine. So you're not panicking on Kyrie. That's fair. But we I, both I can't. we both agree that that the roster with Dinwiddie has been fantastic, and Dinwiddie's probably an All Star this year. If the All Star game was tomorrow, Dinwiddie would be there. No, I, I completely agree. And you know, a trade that we've been talking about, um, you know, you know, Will has definitely sold me on with the Nets is thinking about moving Joe Harris in exchange for someone like Josh Richardson. If you put Harris and, and like Rodion's cool roots and maybe something else together, you, you get a, you get a pretty good package. I think for Josh Richardson, who hasn't been, who hasn't been great this year. Um, and you know, is, is a top tier defender and someone who can score at the same time. I mean, he, he and gives sure a whole is. new, yeah, he he gives a whole new layer to this Nets offense without really losing the floor spacing that Joe Harris provides. And Joe Harris, Joe Harris tries on defense, kind of like Spencer Dinwiddie. He they try, but they're just not really like athletic. 
in a in in a way which sounds kind of ridiculous because they're obviously NBA players. They got to be some yeah. kind of athletic, but they just don't have that next level type of athleticism that makes you be a good defender. I think so. There's a, there's a, there's a ceiling on their defense, but that would that would I think really help the Nets defensively, obviously. But um, but other than that, yeah, there's not too much new in in the Kyrie uh, meter. However, you know, he was dancing on the bench with KD and DeAndre Jordan, Theo Pinson the other day. <laughs> Fantastic to see. You know, hopefully. Hopefully he's 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 got some good vibes right now. Um, mm. but yeah, you know I'm 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 hopeful. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens when he gets back. Yeah. All right. So very last topic, very quick. The Rogier report. <laughs> very famous <laughs> topic here on the Scores Table podcast. So a little background about the Rogier report. Terry Rogier, former Celtic, a guy that I didn't like having on my team. I thought that he was selfish. I thought that he was a ball stopper. I thought he took dumb shots. And I thought that his 2018 playoff run was the most overrated playoff run ever. Well, are you pro or anti-head tattoo? This requires an answer. (laughs) Now... He got Just another new one behind the ear. He got he got another new head head tattoo to um, to complement the the time thing that he has. Good lord! So <laughs> so <laughs> so Terry Rozier, for for those of you that don't know, was signed to about a three year, sixty million dollar deal to be Charlotte's new point guard of the future. When it turns out they already had him in Devonte Graham, and now Rozier is just taking his minutes. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, Rogier. You went to another place where you're no longer the best guard on the roster. Now, <laughs> these are Rogier's last six games. Three for 13, five for 14, five for 15, five for 15, one for 12, and four for 16. Ooh. And you're probably thinking, so you're probably sitting at home being like, well, well. Given the benefit of the doubt, he was probably passing the ball really well in those games. You know, he was probably keeping it moving and whatever. Four assists, seven assists, four assists, four assists, three assists, six assists. Yeah. And I can read the turnovers too if you want, but I'm sure as you can guess, they're not great. Now, the Rogier Report brought to you by Other Side Clothing. Yeah. Get yours today. (laughs) <laughs> all right that's our show oh, oh was that it <laughs> I don't, what else do i have to add just he's not he's not good no nah, i'm with you i'm with you it's it's just it's weird because i mean obviously like we said Devonte graham's an all-star but and and this hornets team has not been as bad as we thought um but it's it's just a, it's it's a bizarre team a bizarre situation a, a dumb contract that could have been avoided and I mean, by the way, I'm not sure if you guys heard, but like, you know, cap space is a good thing. It's an asset, in fact. It is. Um, but believe it or not, um, and you know, the, the Hornets don't exactly have that. With uh, Nick Batum, I think that we 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 announced exclusively on this podcast a few weeks ago that he is, well, he is taking his, uh, I believe, thirty million dollar option next year. Um, has that been announced yet? I think we announced oh, that. News. I'm on Twitter right now. Yes, it, it was in fact <laughs> announced that, that Nicholas Batum doesn't want to pass up his, his, his $49 million option. Um, now, can I actually say something that's really funny? What's up? As I, 
as I sit here talking about Terry Rogier, he's got 35 points tonight. <laughs> man, hey, where shit happens, bro? I'm honest. I'm gonna pretend that I didn't see that. Oh man, that's crazy. You better not edit that shit out too. Um, I'll keep that in. Keep that in. Hey, honestly, bro, weird, weird things, okay. weird things happen in this world. What can I say? You know, I, I don't know. I was, I was looking at YouTube the other day. Well, what the hell is a mukbang? I have no idea. That was a mukbang. This is like it sounds like having having sex in mud or something. Like what the like what the hell is this stuff? I don't know. The world the world is weird nowadays, bro. Any honestly, like well, so many girls that just have like YouTube channels nowadays. It's crazy. Yeesh. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Score Table. If you enjoyed. Please feel free to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review. We appreciate it. We notice it and we and it, and it means a lot. Also, one week from the time that we're recording this, Merry Christmas. If so if we don't have a podcast up next week, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, enjoy it. But we'll be back most likely next time we record. I will be in beautiful sunny San Diego, place yeah. I've never been. You'll hear all about that next episode. Yeah, Thanks bro, you for listening. Go to, you you got to go to Tijuana or something. You got to get, like, I, I heard they have, like, crazy, they've got, like, crazy donkey shows there or something. I, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not trying to go to one of those. they got, like, donkey sex shows? Like, what kind of weird shit is that? And so why are you telling me to go there? I, I'm, I'm not, but I'm, I'm selling, like, there's interesting things in Tijuana. You know, you should, you should check the place out. I'm not saying, like, obviously <laughs> don't go to, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Kyrie, anyway. Kyrie probably goes to donkey sex shows. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Anyway, anyway. thanks for listening. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys hopefully next week. See ya.